Hey there, you bunch of filthy slap nuts. Before we get into this episode of White Heat, I just want to remind you about our good friends over at Mohawk Honda. Or they always go out of their way to please you. It's a new year. 2022 has arrived and in grand style. And that means you get a new year with new goals. You can start the new year right behind the wheel of a brand new or a certified pre-owned vehicle that fits your budget and your New Year's resolutions for you and your family. All you have to do is stop in and check out the broad selection of pre-owned inventory they have on their lot. Oh, you'll be able to find the right make, the right model, the right price point, everything to meet your goals and fit your budget. Whether you speak to Luis, the VIP man, Morales, Jake Hot Sauce Doyle, Cars with Kern Svoboda, Mark from Clifton Park Ellis, they'll all be able to hook you up. Right now, perfect time to get top dollar as well for your trade-in with the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. So they have great deals to buy and even better deals when you sell. Damn right. Same day you check in your car, you can check out with a check in your hand from that vehicle you traded in. You, you ask for Brian McKenna as well, our boy Mike Benice, the Kel Osier, even Cam McKenna. Yeah, they will help you out. Go ahead. Check out all their sales and leasing consultants out there at Mohawk Honda in Glenville. Start the new year out right with them, where they always go out of their way to, you know, to please you, unlike AEW. Any hooser, hello, my friends, you slap nuts. How about you? I'm Brian Katie. That's Crazy <laughs> Alexander. This is episode 33 of White Heat. Oh, man. Uh, let's just say things are interesting last week and a half. <laughs> um, whew. um uh, I do want to start the show real quick, though. By congratulating, now, you're going to hear who I'm congratulating, JJ, and you're going to be like, the fuck? But allow me to explain. <laughs> for once, for once, I want to congratulate the logical, and it's a very small percentage, but the logical core of the internet wrestling community that exists on TikTok. The reasoning. So, there's this guy who goes by the name of Heel Josh. First of all, was never a fan of his content, but he had a fan. He has a fan base apparently. For so good for him. Well, this guy apparently has the uh, the, the emotional capacity of a walnut. No oh boy. And apparently, and the, the story goes, he ha he has a Discord to go along with his streaming that he does on TikTok and Twitch. Uh, he been he's been outed though for basically say for basically being like, uh, basically if anyone says anything negative about him, he instantly bans them. Oi. And then In after my banning, safe space. yes, and then after banning them publicly outs them to his tens and tens of fans that are still remaining. I'm a sick Ed Wood on him. So there's been a lot of uh, vitriol coming at him from the people who have been banned that are actually kind of intelligent in what they say about wrestling, whereas this guy, he has nothing intelligent to say. So congrats to all of you 
for joining the uh, I Hate Hill Josh uh, <laughs> train. I was the conductor. Y'all can sit in the back, and I'll just keep driving the train. That all being said, it's been about, what, nine, ten days since we last spoke? Huh. How are you good, sir? <laughs> Let's see. Right now. Stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs> right now, we're currently able to record this episode because I am running my PC off of a hotspot on my phone because Frontier sucks balls. Over the weekend, I had an outage that lasted 17 hours. And mm. I've got another outage today. Yummy. I swear they just got word that I switched to another company that's getting installed next week. So I'll have fiber and this shit won't happen again. So they say, let's stick it in JJ's ass and just twirl it around. Basically. Mm. Of course, this new company I'm signing up with, like, I got such mixed signals. Like, I, I sign up on the thing and they're like, We'll rent you the modem, or you can buy your own. Here's the two models of modem we use. Okay, so I find the model modem. I buy a I buy a used one off Mercari. I'm like, all right, no problem. I freaking set up. The, I, I wait for it to get here. I, I set up the, the the installation date, and they're like, oh no, we provide you with a free modem. That's not what it said when I signed up, you bitches. <laughs> Just like you suck. And then my freaking surgeon. Like I just told you. Yeah. Friggin', I go in. I see the dude two weeks ago to get the stuff with my knee figured out. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll call you and we'll set it up. We'll have the pre-op team call you and we'll set it up. It'll probably be on a Friday, yada, yada. Two weeks have passed. Haven't heard. Called them this morning. And I was like, hey, oh, bitch, why ain't you called me? She was like, I was waiting for you to call me. That's not how this works. That's that that not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Unless you're like me and live in New York State and are trying to figure out stuff that's wrong with your unemployment or trying to get a, a ruling on your uh, your disability claim, and nobody oh, no, fucking calls you. Yeah, that's a, that's the way Connecticut is too. Or or better, they don't call you; they mail you shit. Not email, which would take five seconds. They nope, mail. mail you shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, don't worry. The state of Connecticut's it's just as bad. Don't worry. But I mean, yeah, so so I finally got my surgery date set. It's at, it'll be after the weekend of the Rumble, so I won't have to spend the hospital in the you know, you know spend spend the Rumble weekend watching it on the laptop in a hospital bed. So that's a good thing. Num nums. I got to try so I got to I got some new beard product in that I'm trying out. It's working okay. So that, that's a positive. <laughs> Long and short dog won't shut up. Yeah, that happens. Well, long and short of what I was basically getting at a second ago, by the way. Uh, yeah. So uh, basically, New York State Unemployment refuses to pay me anymore because apparently my initial claim that just wrapped up around Labor Day, they overpaid yep. me on. And now they just refuse to pay me anything at this point. Ah, uh, Yeah, that happened That happened to bunch, me once years and years ago. Bunch of dirty fucks. And then with the disability thing, uh, my original claim went in beginning of the new year. They ruled on it in. Let me think here. They ruled on it in June. Yep. End of June. So the very first week of July, right around the 4th of July, I appealed. I was told it's a five-month process. We're now approaching the end of month seven, motherfuckers. What are we doing here? Well, I mean, at least when it all goes through, you get a retroactive check, which is nice. True. 
That's sure. what happened to me. That's so the only <laughs> only thing that's keeping me happy is that I'm thinking about the retro check. Ooh. Yeah, that's I, I I I'm amazed. Like I the first time I had to go through all that shit, I got approved right away. I mean, I guess all you gotta do is get your leg hacked uh, your leg hacked off, but I mean it works. <laughs> I uh not I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> Give me a few more years. I'll see what I can drum up here. Um, they don't prorate it, so don't. If you're already in the process, don't bother. I'm sure there's ice in the road still. Maybe I can time out a perfectly well done car accident. Anyways, um, <laughs> don't jinx it. Knock on wood. Jesus Christ, Brian. Anyways, um, I'm <sighs> so. We're going to start outside the ring with three different topics. Okay. Like, we're not even going to dive into anything TV product-wise to start off. I want to begin with a a common belief that a lot of people have grown to hold over the last number of years. And one that I feel like we need to hammer home once again. Ladies and gentlemen, I present <laughs> Fuck Dave Meltzer. <laughs> now, I have the shirt. Now, uh, there are many reasons people can probably come up with um, amongst them being the loyal dick sucker of the young cucks and Kenny Alpha, not Omega, Kenny Alpha. Twinkle toes, finger bang. Twinkle toes, big finger bang. Yes. Thank you. Um, well, that's, that's, you can even, you could probably even uh, paraphrase some of the shit that Jim Cornette's explained on his podcast. Yeah. And the, long, arduous history he has with Dave in, in that regard. But I want to give my own. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, and we'll dive into this probably briefly later on when we discuss WWE in more detail, uh, an announcement was made over the last few days how WWE is going to hold Elimination Chamber next month in Saudi Arabia. Yep. This cuck decides to say this. Allow me to get rid of this banner. I'm not even looking at the screen, and I'm guessing it has something to do with the words blood money. Um, no. Oh, wow. Worse. worse. Oh, Jesus. Whoa. There is only one pay-per-view between Rumble and Mania, which is February 19th in Saudi Arabia, built around our Elimination Chamber matches, where the winners would also be WrestleMania title match possibilities, or they could have both titles at stake in those matches. This is where shit gets real twisted. I guess they decided to book the chamber in Saudi Arabia because Auschwitz has COVID restrictions this month. Yeah, no. First of all, first of all, I don't give a shit if this uh, pandemic has been around for two years? Yes. I had to thank you, but they were saying been, it'll be two years in March. Well, in the U.S., it'll be two years in March. Even though we've basically grown kind of numb to all the news, good or bad, about COVID. Yeah. I don't exactly think it's a good subject to bring up in the midst of trying to make a joke or trying yeah. to be a sarcastic prick. That's number one. But number two, I may not be the biggest fan of Saudi Arabia. JJ might not be the biggest fan of Saudi Arabia. Hell, there's a lot of people out there that aren't big fans of Saudi Arabia. But to compare 
Saudi Arabia to a German concentration camp during the World War II era. It's disrespectful of an entire the, nation of people. Yeah, that witnessed that uh, held a mass genocide of millions of people, most mainly among them Jews, amongst other different races and ethnicities mm-hmm. of the sort. Um, not a good joke. Nope. I, ladies and gentlemen, consider this my weekly Bill Cosby brain damage. <laughs> I mean, shit. <laughs> I mean, I know he looks old and decrepit and he's like he's lost his mind, but I don't think even Vincent Kennedy McMahon would be dumb enough to say some shit like that, even in private. Nope. Oh, Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave. I. He's terrible. I never really had respect for the guy. Nope. Which then coincidentally led to me having not a whole lot of respect for Brian Alvarez either. Oh, yeah. But. Now you're just completely fucking with the wrong stuff. Mm hmm. Because you're trying to be funny at the. At the cost. At the benefit, well, to him a benefit, but it's really a cost yeah. of bringing up mass genocide and a global pandemic into the same joke. That's that's cool. That's real cool, Dave. You're cool. It's edgy. He's yeah. such an edgy boy. Yes, he is. Yeah. Fits right in with uh, the young cucks. They fit right in together. One big happy family. Which brings me to the next thing I want to bring up. (laughs) For as much as I sat here with Mr. Alexander the last eight months, talking about how Dave Meltzer must be on the payroll for AEW. If y'all go look at the PWI awards that just came out in the last week for 2021... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is fucking laughable. Fucking laughable. Now, I will say this. Not all of them, not all of them were completely off kilter. But I'll begin with this. I don't give a fuck how long he held the belt for. Kenny Omega was not wrestler of the year. <laughs> wrestler of the year. The discussion should have started, been transitioned with, and ended with Roman Reigns. I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't give a fuck. I just do not give a single fuck. If the conversation did not start and end with Roman Reigns as wrestler of the year, and I'd even argue, even though I love MJF, I'd even argue he should have been heel of the year. Like, yeah. how, how? Like, how, I, I, okay, it's like, well, you got second place, Brian. I don't give a fuck. Because in 15 years, who's, unless you go on Wikipedia to look up the, 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 the placings of the award year to year, are you really going to remember Roman Reigns coming in second for Wrestler of the Year in 2021? No, you remember Kenny Omega getting first. 
And on top of that, Kenny Omega gets first when, like, basically, the reason Kenny gets first is because everybody seems to be on this WWE versus the world train. Right. Or at least it seemed that way for a while. The last few weeks kind of make us all question that a little bit. So he just coincidentally happens to get the AEW title, the AAA Mega Champion title, the Impact, the Impact World title. Uh, I want to say he had one more at one point. I could be wrong. No, it's because they had the Impact. Oh, he was title and the two fake belts. TNA belt. Right, yeah. right, right, right. He was carrying two belts at once for that. Right, 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 right. I, I just, I can't buy my, I can't get myself to buy into that. At all. That's number one. Um, Britt Baker, Woman of the Year. I guess she has. I guess she. She has a lot of. I get. I get that she has a lot of momentum behind her because of how rabid the fan base is about her in AEW. But again, that's a conversation that should have started and ended with Bianca Belair. Yeah. Like. And this isn't me trying to say WWE should get every single award, but there's just certain ones where you look at it and you go, this is fucking stupid. Um, yep. Let's see. Tag Team of the Year was the Young Bucks. I No. That's when I honestly couldn't give you a clear answer for it, to be frank. Uh. Tag team wrestling in general just kind of seemed a little muddled in 2021. I would agree. Like there wasn't a clear to me, there wasn't a clear tag team. Like the Bucks just happened to get it, I think, just because if I had to think about it real quick, they probably the longest tire reign out of all the major tag team champions out there. Right. Like I want to say they won their uh, although the Good Brothers and Impact are kind of entrancing on that, but they also only have TV tapings once every two or three weeks, and they only defend the belts maybe once every six weeks. Yeah. So, like, the Usos, they just got back together, what, three months ago? Four months ago? I mean, th- that was a matter of injury. That wasn't a matter right, right, of... Right. Well, it was a matter of a, combining, a combined number of factors. Um, New Day... Uh, eh. As much as I don't care for them, the Street Profits were killing it last year. Yeah, I mean, and they weren't even top four in the voting. Right. It went Bucks, Lucha Brothers, Usos, New Day. I... Maybe you could have made an argument for RK Bro, and they weren't even top four? G.O.D., baby. (laughs) That's that's because we were bumping the theme music before we started recording, Jack. I do that shit every day. Uh, Good for you. I'm happy for you. Um, Um, match of the year. Let me guess Danielson versus Omega 60 minute. No, 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 no. It was a woman's match. It was the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match. The fucking, the, the, the fucking, the, the, the garbage fucking yeah 
Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. And fuck that. In fact, it actually doesn't even show. It just gives the. Yeah, it was in it was St. Patrick's Day in Jacksonville. Yeah. 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 Unsanctioned lights out match. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm not going to sit here and try to think of a match. I'm just going to say no. Um, Rivalry of the year went to Jericho and MJF. Well, feud of the year, whatever you want to call it. No. Over Bianca and Sasha. Edge and Roman, that lasted all of two months. I, eh. Well, uh, no, that went, from, that went from Rumble to SummerSlam. Edge and Roman? Yeah, because Edge won the Rumble. And then Edge won the Rumble, Rumble, lost it, lost it Mania, and then didn't he get a rematch the next month? No, he got the rematch was at SummerSlam. Oh, oh no, right. Cena was SummerSlam. Yeah, so it was a, it was three months or oh, okay, no, yeah. And then you also got factor in Daniel Bryan was in the middle of that too, so like, I, 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 right? I don't know. Yeah. Most popular wrestler, I'm not even gonna bother with that one. You can probably guess who it is. I'll give you a No. <laughs> Most popular wrestler is a guy who just came back three months ago. Oh, punk? Fuck that shit. Yes. Uh, Most hated wrestler? I'm not going to argue too much about MJF. but MJF again, gets good heel heat. Yeah, I'm not going to argue too much about MJF. Um, Comeback of the year? Probably punk yet, of course. <laughs> Most improved wrestler of the year. Would you like to guess this one? Oh, this has got to be something awful like fucking Jungle Boy or some shit. Hint, female. Riho! No, but it's the woman who recently defended her title against her for no reason. Fucking Brit? No. Yep. How can yeah. she be female of the year and most improved? That means that she sucked at the beginning of the year. So I'm not even going to bother. Not, Good. Not even going to bother. Inspirational wrestler of the year. Where do they make this shit up? I went to Edge, by the way. Uh, rookie of the year. Oh, God almighty. I want to see if you can name any of the top four from that award. For rookie of the year? Yes. I'm guessing fucking Daniel Garcia's in there. Nope. Or, no, sorry, not Daniel Garcia. Dante Martin. Nope. No? No. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'll even, I'll even, I, I want to start with this one. Want the third place finisher for the vote on this award isn't even an actual wrestler. He wrestled one match as a special appearance. Bad Bunny? The fuck, bro? Fourth place is a guy who's second generation. I I think second. Second or third generation. And has no place on TV right now. No business being on TV right now. What, Dominic Mysterio? No, wrong company. Oh. uh, His father is a manager. Fucking Hook? 
No. 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 A respected father. A father who was actually respected in the ring, not Taz. <laughs> Brock Anderson. Correct. Oh Jesus. Uh, second place just became a champion. Well, actually, the last two just became a champion. Second place and first place. One's a female, one's a male. Jade Cargill. She got first. <laughs> second place. WWE. Uh, Braun Breaker. Yes. Ugh. <sighs> Am I making you angry yet? Very. I don't want to hear shit about fucking Braun Breaker. The motherfucker had five televised matches last year. Listen, I'm not arguing with you. So, ladies and gentlemen, the PWI awards are trash. Just like most well, I mean, awards out it's there. It's the same people that do the PWI Top 500, which we exposed as a work last year. Yeah, but people don't... Well, actually, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say that because it's a possibility people could pay for votes i would assume no it's just it's a fucking work it's always a fucking work like i mean wrestling in general is a work but this is like a major fucking work right um the third thing we're getting to outside the ring before we get into the stuff that actually happened between the ropes um yeah i i looked into this a lot good because you can expound upon me setting it up and you can knock it down so Court Bauer smoking wants, a crack. He wants to take WWE and Vincent Kennedy McMahon to court. Um, now you'll have to remind me where he filed this lawsuit. Uh good. Um, I'm assuming it was not the state of Connecticut. No, it was not. I think it was California. Okay. So basically, uh, Court Bauer and MLW are suing WWE. For violating Sherman antitrust laws <laughs> and creating a monopoly, um, 1985 called. They want their anti WWE argument back. It's I mean I mean like saying WWE has created a monopoly in the wrestling business is like saying I've had one too many cheeseburgers in my life. Look at me! Look at me! For those of you listening on the audio-only version of the show, that was me standing up on my chair and shaking my fat stomach in front of the camera. I mean, no shit, it's a monopoly. We've known this for three decades plus. Not Pasco. <laughs> you see, do not Pasco. Yes. Do not collect $200. Go directly to jail. I ate Baltic and Ralph Avenue, Eddie. Jesus. I mean, like, so number one, the lawsuit is basically like, congratulations. You're publicly saying what everyone's been saying about WWE for 35 years, but also congratulations. You're going to be the quickest throwing out lawsuit the last 35 years in a minute. Like, if. Like, I understand the allegations being cast. Like, they're talking about WWE interfering in MLW's uh, discussions for a TV deal and streaming services and this and that and the other thing. 
I understand. But if you don't read the articles about this lawsuit or just read the lawsuit itself. I read the lawsuit. And, and it, <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't scream the phrase cash grab in your face. I don't know what the fuck does. But JJ, you said you read the actual lawsuit itself. Um, I, should I call you JJ Alexander Esquire now? <laughs> I am the third, so technically Esquire is correct. Ooh, hey now. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So, Monsieur Alexander, would you uh, care to dive into this a little more for yourself? So, strangely enough, there is a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of merit to this. Not a lot. Uh, basically, their argument with the antitrust thing, because obviously the whole, the, what it, everyone with a brain thought was, how are you going to say this when AEW is, has a TV deal? Fair. Like, if this was 2017, you, you might have had a little bit more of a shot. Correct. Um, the argument under the Sherman Antitrust Act is because WWE, judging by the earnings of last year, holds an 85% stake of the wrestling audience in the United States. Monetarily, the amount that WWE has made versus the amount that AEW made shows that they hold that 85% stake. Side note, oh, go right ahead. You know what that means to me? Do better. Close. It case. does, but under the antitrust, but under the antitrust uh, act, if anything holds more than a seventy-five percent share, there is a right to file suit. I, listen, I didn't make up the laws. I'm just saying. Um, the sidebar on that was they released how much. AEW actually made last year, which I thought was hilarious. Take a wild guess how much AEW made last year in combined TV revenue and event sales and merch. We're talking pure profit? No, no, no. Gross. Wow. Um, well, 85%. No, 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 no. Don't don't think about the percentage wise. Just think think about how much money did AEW gross last year between TV deals, merch, and live event sales. Take a wild 80, guess. Eighty five million. Fifty three million. Okay. Now think about this. Forty five million of that was the Turner contract. So less than half of their gross income came from ticket sales and merch. Less than $10 million. What the fuck else were they getting revenue for? The $45 million that they got from the Turner contract deal. Right. And then the other $10 oh, the right. other, said, the other eight million. Yeah. Yeah. The other $8 million was ticket sales and merchants. Yeah. And they're in the red because they took all that fucking Turner money and put it into the video game division and then some. And that's not counting all their contracts. Video game division. <laughs> but anyways, getting back to MLW. So that's where the, that's where they hold the stake in their argument. This is where it gets a little uh, tricky. So apparently there was talk with uh, 
one of the officers uh, from Titan Tower, Susan Levinson, who apparently was in talks with networks about the distaste for MLW getting airplay and her saying, you can't basically, it's Vince McMahon. I can't control him. And if you notice, she's the one that's not with the company anymore. Right. So that doesn't look good. On top of it, here's where everything falls into place. Last year, prior to him going back to working for WWE, Bruce Pitchard was handling business for MLW for a few months. Bruce Pritchard came over or not, sorry, not in 2020, but 2019. Okay. Bruce Pritchard came over to WWE knowing what guys were making, where they were working, how long their contracts were and everything. And then blah, 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 blah. Basically released whatever minute info, but he shared confidential information about MLW with WWE. Basically, if Bruce Richard gets deposed, he is fucked. On top of it, there is argument in the suit about WWE using footage from MLW of one of their stars and WWE poaching talent from MLW. Now, I sat there and racked my fucking brain because I was like, who the fuck worked for MLW that fucking WWE signed since 2018? Right. There's only one name. Hold on. Wait, don't wait. The, there's two that come to mind, but I can't remember the order of everything. I was What's thinking coming- Swan and Swerve. Oh, not nope, Swan. Uh, a- ACH and Swerve. No, ACH is there now. And Swerve was working, uh, what do you call it? Swerve, Swerve could be as well, um, because they did use some indie footage of him, uh, so he was a possibility I didn't even think of, but Killer Cross. Because he, after he after him and Scarlett said, fuck you to Impact, right. he, worked, he worked MLW for a set of tapings, because when they were showing the archival episodes of Fusion on Vice, they showed Killer Cross on there and said that he was just freshly signed by WWE. So it, and they always do, they always do the uh, commentary in post. Right. Which means they did it months and months later. So they would have had to explain that when they aired that. So that is the only talent I can think of that WWE poached from MLW that was under contract. Now the problem is MLW contracts don't pay shit according to Brian last, because he knows people who have worked for MLW and he knows what their contracted guys make. They don't right. make much. Um, so it's not that hard for a guy to break a contract with MLW and say, fuck off. My guess is all this came about not only from that, but also, so they had talks to try to stream fusion on Tubi. Right. <clears throat> Tubi is owned by Fox. So there's so Vince would have been like yeah. and Vince Vince would have been petty enough to be like I'll pull SmackDown if you fucking play another wrestling company on even your on even your free streaming service. And the thing was they re- MLW really needed that Tubi deal because Tubi is where you can watch Lucha Underground. Mm. So they would be able to piggyback off of that with the new Azteca Underground stuff saying 
look, here's the prior company. So that created a problem. Also, because I was sitting here thinking because there was because there was conflicting data about who it was, whether it was with Tubi or Vice. And it's with both of them. The reason there was an issue with Vice, number one, and here's something that no one's going to like hearing. Is WWE gives input on Dark Side of the Ring. Whether you like it or not, they do. Proof of that was Jerry McDevitt being there for the fucking steroid trials. But the entire plane ride from hell episode, like, it doesn't matter if the guys that they talked to weren't under contract anymore or not. Like, there's no way they would have been able to fucking get around that shit without getting a fucking defamation of character suit slammed against. And the, if you'll notice, like, shit like that, like, they made Vince out to not be the bad guy for the steroid trial in that episode. And the plane right from hell, like Vince was completely not even talked about, even though he was on that plane. It was like Vince was off and there's his thing. He didn't know what was going on. So there is an inkling of input given by WWE just to basically say, don't make our company look like shit because we will crush you two little Canadian dudes. And the other factor is, Vice is a is a sister company is a sister network of A and E, and A and E airs biography and hidden treasures. So that is oh, why the Vice deal ended man. because there was it was set there was like when Fightland came on, they said Fusion's going to start airing on these dates because they had been airing the archival episodes of Fusion and Underground. On Saturday afternoons. Like Saturday 12 noon spot didn't bother anyone. But because Vice is a sister company to A&E, that's why they got pulled. So they do have a little bit of an argument in that case. However, the whole we lost X amount of money because of it is kind of no. But the thing is, it's because they thought they had this in. They thought they had this this whole thing going with that that, that they were going to be able to do with Tubi and Vice, where they were going to be able to like basically turn things around for themselves because they were starting to get some momentum again. And then the pandemic happened. Because I mean, like they were running a pretty decent studio show before before COVID hit. Like there was a nice setup. You know, and they had good commentary and, you know, it was, it looked a little bit, a little bit better than impact. And they were able to film stuff there and then still do their pay-per-views around the country. Then COVID hit. They just did the empty arena shows. Obviously they don't have that space anymore because it costs money. So now they're on the road again. And like, like I was at Fightland. Supposedly it was sold out. And it was ticket holders who bought tickets that year and ticket people who bought tickets for Fightland the year before that had to be honored. There was, we were, there, there were three rows in front of me that were empty, like entire rows across. And that was just my section. Right. Like not to say the place wasn't packed, which it was, but there was still empty space. Uh-huh. So... 
that was kind of iffy. Now, I see that as they went all in on doing Azteca Underground. They went all in on investing in doing all this backstage stuff, investing in going to Mexico, hiring the guy that plays Cesar Duran because he's an actual Hollywood actor and I guarantee he's not fucking cheap, especially when you got to fly him out to fucking Philly and fly him to Dallas and shit. I mean, like, I've seen him on other shit. Like, he's got a SAG card. He's got to get paid. Um, So they basically were hoping that this revival, along with the Tubi deal, would help them really get you know, get some momentum going and get that fucking and get that fucking Lucha Underground fucking core base that was there to start watching their product and doing the deal with All Japan and doing the deal with CMLL and uh, IWA Puerto Rico and trying to do something. But the fact is they just they don't have the funds to do it because like I said it a few weeks back, I was just like, I wonder where Court, Bar- Court Bauer is getting his money. Apparently, Court Bauer's getting his money from maxing out credit cards or something because they're broke. So that's why they're suing WWE because they have an inkling, tiny, tiny, tiny bit of a case. And like I said, between Killer Cross, Swerve, and Bruce Pritchard giving away their shit, they could get a settlement. And that's what they're hoping for is to get a settlement to flood back into the company so that way they can start running again. Because as of right now, all they've got is a YouTube show. They've got their events, which do okay, but not enough to pay some of these people that they bring in. I guarantee that's the reason that fucking asshole Will Ospreay hasn't showed up because they don't have the money to pay him. Fuck Will Ospreay. Well, yeah, but still, like, the only reason he hasn't been there is because they don't have the cash to pay him. I mean, God knows how much they're paying to Jerry. I mean, most other most of the other indie-ish guys on there, like, I could see them being stuck under a contract, like, you know, like E.J. and Duca being stuck, you know, in a contract where he's getting, like, 500 bucks a month if he's lucky. But... You know, and guys like guys like Casey Navarro and shit like that. Not Casey Navarro, uh um Kid Osborne. Casey Navarro still working other indie dates. Right. Um, you know, but like he was you know, basically they tried to do all this stuff to try to garner attention again with Azteca Underground, IWA Puerto Rico, with Shimmer. Yep. And it's just because they, they were just announcing how they were gonna make a uh MLW women's featherweight championship. I, sure. Why are you going to have weight classes for, for women is bullshit. Sure. Especially when you're pushing Willow Nightingale, who doesn't weigh 85 pounds. She's not Riho. Like, Correct. <laughs> like, why are you going to say featherweight? That's some bullshit. Yeah. But it, it just seems like MLW was a they, were a, they were a super indie that was getting popular and then got too big for their britches, but in the process kind of got fucked, but not that much, but are going to try to get a settlement out of it. And that's that. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see everything from both sides on it. (laughs) 
Like, I don't think it's a frivolous lawsuit. I think it's, I think it's a hail Mary, but that's not saying that they don't have an inkling of anything going for it. More like 10 hail Marys, 10 our fathers, and maybe some more penance after that. I'm in a hail Mary pass. Not a- I know what you meant. <laughs> I was being a jerk off. All right. But I mean, we shall see, you know, yeah. If this quietly goes away, you know, it depends. I just thought it was funny that <laughs> the, 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 um, here's the thing is the, uh, the lawyer that they, that MLW has representing them mm-hmm. is the orange goblins lawyer. Orange goblin. The orange goblin used to live on Pennsylvania Ave. Oh, yeah, for the name. love of God and all this holy. Yeah, so they got a real shasty lawyer. But I think it's funny that they don't use Stephen P. New considering his name is on their canvas. Well, you think... Never mind. Be the biggest case of his career! Glad you went where I was going. Um, (laughs) All right, so... Before we start yelling, because I know there's going to be a lot of yelling coming up the rest ah, of the show. noises! Yep. Let me just get this out of the way. Uh, Jay White's doing bookings the end of this month for Impact. So is the G.O.D.? Yay. Yay. True G.O.D. I almost forgot about them. And uh, the entire wrestling world just decided to say fuck you to Roxy and the Ring of Honor woman's title on Diana. Yeah, that was some bullshit. Like this girl, like it was undefeated. Not only lose the title to Diana, make her tap out. Yeah, it's like they were watching NXT. <sighs> Salty. Um, just a little. That, you know what's really bad? I actually watched Impact, and I hardly remember anything of what happened on the episode. Yeah, I remember really anything worthwhile aside from the title for time. I remember Trey Miguel doing commentary for some X Division match. Uh, I'll try to pull it up for you. I'll tell you something that I guarantee is probably going to fucking happen. Eddie Edwards is going to be a fucking ROH defector. Uh, by the way, um, tomorrow night, because we are recording this on Wednesday, January 19th, tomorrow night in Impact is the episode where Charlie Haas faces Josh Alexander and concusses his damn self. Yep. Um, it's also the episode where, oh, for, remember, this is pre-tape, folks. So we already know the result of this. Jonathan Gresham defended the Ring of Honor world title. Oh, it gets better. Guess who the opponent is? I don't know, fucking Chris Bay. <laughs> I want you to think of somebody that deserves no part of being near this belt. Matt Cardona. No, but you're kind of on the right track. Kurt Hawkins? No. Yeah. Oh, wait. I saw who the fuck challenged Deanna's boyfriend. Oh, fucking. Who the fuck is she fucking now? Steve Macklin. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Fucking COVID overbite. Yeah. Ugh. This motherfucker. 
Because I remember when that when that vignette was happening, I was calling him COVID overbite, and the wife was like, "Why are you calling him COVID overbite?" And I had to explain the whole thing. <laughs> By the way, the match you're referring to with Trey Miguel commenting was probably Chris Bay against Laredo Kid. I'm assuming. Yes, that was it. Oh, Speedball Bailey had his a match. Yeah. The ROH you, Laredo with- Kid's been all over the place in the past year and a half. ROH thing where they decided that power bombing, well, not power bombing, uh, having PCO do a rolling cannonball onto D'Lo Brown through a table is a good idea. Yeah, that was the opening spot of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Masha Slamovich was on the show. Random. Yeah, that's okay. right. Fucking random. Okay. Uh, so fucking 80s. Moose. <laughs> Most defended the Impact World title against Ziggy Dice. Get him. Yeah. 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 That was when I turned it off. God, is this real? Oh, anything else? Really? No, probably not. Yeah, because the whole thing was Moose handpicked his opponent. That's stupid. All right. Yeah. Oh, well, that ends that. (laughs) Shows you you how much Impact has going for it. Four minutes worth of material. Now we move on to. Our friends. Oh boy, let me pull up my notes. Let's pull up my notes too. Uh, actually, you know what? Before we even before we get into notes, let me go into some visual evidence. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you last Wednesday's Dynamite Crowd. Oh yeah, that's right. I sent you that picture. Damn right, <laughs> motherfucker. Yes, you did. <laughs> If you're not watching on YouTube, please do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube. I'll even tell you the time mark for this. Go to about the 4940 mark in your video, and you will see the picture I am currently showing. Hint, hint. Lots of empty seats in the lower level, and the upper level has nothing. Why? It's tarped off, motherfuckers. (sighs) That arena has two upper levels, and that's the thing is that was given from someone who was sitting over by the entranceway, and there's other footage being shown of people who are on the other side showing the side where hard camera was was completely empty. The worst part on the floor. That, the worst part of that, by the way, is that I think this was the first week of me ever watching Dynamite where I could actually tell how empty the fucking building was. Yep. Just no matter how hard they tried with camera angles, you there were points where you could actually see it. And that's not good TV. Yep. No, it's not. Uh, so that's that's the first thing I have here. The second thing I have here, I'm not sure if this is the the what I'm what is going to bring me into this. Uh, uh, uh yep, yep, no. New Year's Eve street fight thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's oh, okay. I know what that's referring to. Okay, so fucking me, Conti. So, oh, you can see both of our faces still, so I can leave the picture up. Okay, so. Um, the Toronto Star is considered one of the is considered basically the largest news source in the country of Canada. The Toronto Star released an article back on Saturday, February, excuse me, January the fifteenth, with the following title to the article, asking the question, "Quote." Can Tony Khan's AEW beat Vince McMahon in WWE at its own game? Now, unfortunately, I was not able to read this article because to read anything on the Toronto Star, you have to pay for the fucking description. Yeah. 
But I'm going to go ahead and assume, even if it does make an ass out of me and me. Mm, that's another lovely picture. I won't show that, but maybe we can tweet it later on. Thank you, JJ. That's um, the other picture from that night. Mm, lots of empty seats. Um, I will go ahead and just assume that uh, maybe Mr. Cage or Mr. Jericho made a few phone calls and said, hey, help us out. And that's how this all got set up. Now, apparently, uh, WWE decided, fuck it, we're going to release a statement. Because at one point, the Toronto Star, I guess, referenced um, the New Year's Eve street fight tag match that involved Ty Conti, Anna Jay, Penelope Ford, and the Bunny, which turned into an unnecessary bloodbath eventually. Uh, the quote from WWE says, quote, if you look at the gory self-mutilation that bloodied several women in the December 31st event on TNT, it quickly becomes clear that these are very different businesses. We had an edgier product in the Attitude Era, and in a 2022 world, we don't believe that type of dangerous and brutal display of, is appealing to network partners, sponsors, venues, children, or the general public as a whole. In other words, congratulations, AEW. You have pigeonholed yourself into the exact demographic JJ and I have been talking about for eight months. <laughs> Ain't that some bitch? You know what's hilarious was uh, fucking... One of the fucking Facebook wannabe dirt sheets that literally just copy pastes fucking other fucking dirt sheets. Um, fucking shared that quote about how like blah, 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 not in this era, yada, yada. And then showed fucking stills of fucking Seth Rollins taking out Rey Mysterio's eye. Like that was the fakest shit they did on TV, bruh. Mm -hmm. Like that you can't, that's not the same at all. Now, you and I are going to simultaneously and chronologically share the thoughts that we jotted down. Because I jotted down a few myself chronologically through the course of Dynamite. But I want to share one last thought in general about AEW. This actually goes out to the AEW fans. Computer keyboard warriors, turn your volume up to 11 and listen very closely. Uh-oh. Okay? This actually kind of goes back to a topic we discussed last week. Okay? Motherfuckers. Stop saying we and us. You are not employed by Tony Khan. You're just a jerk off who loses their load anytime the the name Ty Conti's even mentioned, let alone her fine Brazilian ass shows up on the screen. You probably have your walls plastered with posters of uh uh what, what was it Twinkle Toes McFanger Buck is what we call them or whatever. And the young cucks and baby, and you you probably do the DMD thing like fuck off, all right? There is no we, there is no us, okay? Like this gets to me with sports fans too, so don't think you're you're excluding sports fans. You're all fucking stupid when you use the words we or us, okay? You're not on the team. You're not employed by the company. So fuck off with the words we and us. But there's one of the clear. Well. 
Do not include yourself in the possessive as if you're helping make the decisions backstage or you're putting on a pair of tights and boots and getting in the ring yourself. Suck a dick and stop using the words we and us. Fuck off. But they're going to win because they've got us tailgating in the stadium parking lot. If I see any more of these AAW cuck fans using the words we and us at this point, I swear to God, fuck TikTok. I'm going to get off all fucking social media. Like, fuck this shit. I'm getting, I am so done. I am so done with AEW fans. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You, not WWE fans. You're the ones that want to make this personal. Mm-hmm. You're the ones that want to make this a quote-unquote war. There is no fucking war. There never will be a fucking war. I don't care if Vince sells to fucking... I don't care if he sells to my next-door neighbor who doesn't know how to park their fucking car, all right? Even he with half a brain in that 70 years old would be able to run a wrestling business better than Tony Khan is right now. There is no war. There is no... There's no us versus them, okay? This isn't this isn't a reinvention of the Monday Night Wars. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. No! No. This company that you're with, this this we, this us that you're a part of, is drawing not even a fifth of the fucking ratings that WCW was pulling in during the Monday Night Wars. So don't try to make it out to be a fucking war when it's a non-existent war. <laughs> It's a one-sided war. It's not even a war. It's not even a battle. It's the equivalent of your 10-person army walking onto the battlefield and seeing a 150,000-person army and just instantly dropping your weapons. That's the equivalent right there. So stop your we, stop your us, stop your fairy tale wars that you dream about in your mommy and daddy's basements, Okay? Just stop it. Go back to playing Cowboys and Native Americans in your basement and just stop. All right? Just stop. <laughs> Go back to playing with your Barbie dolls in your dollhouses, all right? <laughs> Leave the work. Leave the work to the professionals. They don't need your help. I guarantee you right now, okay? Here's what I guarantee you right now, actually. If Tony Khan met 95% of you keyboard warriors that claim this is a we and an us thing, he would he would need the biggest bottle of hand sanitizer to get through that meet and greet line. <laughs> to the point where he might want to say, fuck it, wrap me in bubble wrap. I don't even want to touch these fucking people with my skin. <laughs> Y'all probably have brushed your teeth in years. Your teeth are <laughs> rotted out of your fucking head. <laughs> You probably shave your head just for the fuck of it so it saves you time in the shower so you don't have to wash your fucking hair. <laughs> you probably wear clothes that are 10 years way too old for you to be wearing, but you think the musty looks look cool. You think you're a rebel because you're wearing dirty looking clothes. Just like the people who pay more money to get holy jeans. <laughs> Where the fuck are the rest of the jeans, motherfucker? <laughs> I can keep going, but I think I'll stop for the sake of time. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, to quote John Candy in the movie JFK, you're a mouse fighting a gorilla. 
great movie, by the way. Yes, very much. I don't feel like that movie gets enough respect, honestly. It doesn't. Talk about an uh, all-star cast, by the way, when you look back at it now. That's one of my top five. Tom Lee Jones, Kevin Costner, Joe Pesci, Kevin Bacon, John Candy. She. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, she. Michael Rooker. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Shall we? Yes, we shall. You just, you reminded me, you ever, you ever seen the movie Big Fan? Yes. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Like, they're going to win because we're, we're tailgating for, for, we're tailgating in the parking lot that weekend. <laughs> what? Watching it on the little antenna TV. Come again? Huh? Speaking to, speak to my good ear? <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. So notes. <laughs> oh, I think. Oh wait. I think I know why the arenas are so empty. These motherfuckers are. These motherfuckers are trying to. Uh, they're trying to fuck them to be over on two ends. They buy the tickets but don't go in the arena because they want to stay home and boost the TV rings so they can get them by both ends. But well, no. We've already proven that it's the fucking resellers that are buying all the tickets, and they still won't get over seven hundred thousand viewers. Yep. <laughs> yeah, what was what was the ratings for this past week's Dynamite? Because it was the second week on TBS. So, see if you can pull that up while I'm going over these notes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, how how could you go wrong with Serena versus Sheeta Part eighty six? <clears throat> fucking, fucking, or let's show the fucking let, let's show the footage from Go Big Show of where Cody learned how to use the fucking flame retardant shit for his fucking fire spot. Cause that's smart and fucking fucking punk versus Wardlow. Just dynamite by the way, got 969,000 last week. So they lost viewers in their second week on fucking TBS. Yep. They lost 41,000 and their 18 to 49 demo went down from a 0. 0.43 to 0. 0.39. So <laughs> So yeah, so about that whole going to a bigger network that's in more households thing. Yeah. Funny how that works. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Punk and Wardlow was just sad. Because it was... What what was my note? Uh, Punk, Wardlow finished so obvious to see coming. Even Stevie Wonder knew what was going on. Right? Like literally like fucking eight power bombs. Like I even said, I, I even said I was like, you remember Owens versus Zayn and NXT when the refs stopped the match after three power bombs and awarded Correct. it to Owens? Correct. But we're gonna do eight fucking power bombs. And then Punk's still gonna get the fucking small package and win. And someone in the fucking chat actually compared it to Brett versus Diesel. Suck a dick. I'm like, no, nowhere near the fucking same. Diesel got his ass handed to him for that entire fucking match and then showed one moment of compassion and Brett got the roll up. That and was by the, the way, story of that. And by the way, if I remember the match correctly, Diesel never hits a powerbomb in that match. The whole reason Brett gets weary, quote unquote, is because yeah. uh, he got... Brett got on the apron trying to come from the outside in. 
and Diesel basically catapulted him off the apron through the yep. fucking table, which I think now this would require a lot of research we don't have fucking time for. I think that was the first ever table spot in WWE pay-per-view history. As, as far as an announcer table spot, I believe so. I yeah. think it was. Probably. Because I remember back then going, oh shit. Like, yeah. And that was 95? Yeah, 95, because 96 is when he left for WCW. Right. Yeah, because like the only other times I remember that happening around that time was when Sean was champ, and that was after he was. 97. Left, so yeah. yeah, that was 90, yeah. The, the, actually the next year, 96, because that was when he did everything with um, Vader and Mankind. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was fucking obvious. Yeah. I was like, this is awful. You're just like Brett and Diesel suck a dick. We, and we're all fucking waiting. We're all, we're all just expecting Wardlow to turn on MJF. Like, that would have been the time to do it. Instead, you're just going to drag this out more. Well, he's going to turn on. He's going to turn on everyone. The pinnacle. It's not just going to be MJF because you can even see um, that he's going to turn on Spears, right? Yeah, because you could even because you could see during Rampage on Friday if you were one of the three people who watched Rampage. <laughs> um, I happen to be on DVR though, not live. I'm not giving them my fucking rating. <laughs> um, um, when Spears won his 15 second match and then cut that promo against uh, Punk. Yeah. The entire time, Wardlow's just like rolling his eyes and all mm. this. Just like, so they're setting the table, right? They're actually doing it's, something correctly creative. What do you know? Well, the thing is, they're going to drag it out till no one cares. That's like, problem. that's the, that's the fucking problem. It's it's going to get to the point where people are going to be like, "Is he finally going to turn? Is he finally going to turn?" When like we're we're tired of it now. Like, and then once he does turn, like, what are you going to do with him? Like. You've only got so many guys his size on the fucking roster. Like, were you going to have him feud with Miro, who hasn't been seen since he dropped the TNT title? Powerhouse Hobbs. Who never gets any fucking TV time unless he's fucking accompanying someone else to ringside. Or dropping out to Dante Martin. Right. Like it's just it drop the ball, drop the ball, drop the ball. That's that oh. that that's what AEW does is drop the fucking ball. Fucking let's see. And let yeah, speaking of powerhouse, we literally got two matches in a row with a big muscle guy against a smaller guy who gets pummeled repeatedly, and then the smaller guy gets the roll up win at the last second. Twice in a row. By the way, there's two things from earlier in the show that you haven't make note of, but I'm going to real quick. Go ahead. Uh, number one, I think this was the opening segment. I could be wrong with uh, the super click and Red Dragon. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. um, the only thing I wrote down from that was fuck the Bucks. Yep. Because I think that pretty much accurately depicts the whole thing. Number yep. one. Uh, number two. Can someone tell AEW that 1980 called? Nobody cares about trading cards anymore. Oh, God, right? Like, oh, I can get a Sting Fleet trading card. Oh, boy. That's going to cost three bucks in 20 years. Right. Nobody cares. Right. Nobody fucking cares. Right. Trading cards are, they, they were a niche market 30 fucking years ago. And, and don't get me wrong, there's still a market out there for certain cards. Right. Not pro wrestling cards. Right, exactly. But I mean, like, you're talking like, for instance, um, 
So like my 10th or 11th birthday, my father got me the entire MLB fucking roster Bowman fucking uh, baseball cards collection. Mm -hmm. 528 cards, including checklists. There was maybe one or two valuable cards in that whole set. If that and valuable, like worth 20 bucks now. Like, I think there was, like, a Mo Vaughn rookie in there and something else. Yeah, like I've got three binders of sports cards in my closet right now that are all – there's, like, two binders of baseball and one of basketball and football. Right. I, and with the – and with, 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 how, with how bad it's gotten with counterfeit fucking collector oh. cards in the past fucking 15 years. Like, there, the, there, oh, there was ahead. a dude used to come to fucking RPW shows, Kurt, real nice dude, mm-hmm. who would do, like – card fucking drafts and shit and he'd be like oh look i scored this fucking like he's like i scored this like year two michael jordan card and i'm like that's a fake dude and then fucking and he was like and i was like dude i hate to tell you it's a fucking fake and then like i sent him the info and he was like holy shit it's a fucking fake i'm like it happens that's because people are too lazy to understand the grading process right which is a whole nother mess onto itself by the way Yes, yes. <laughs> Hence why the three binders are still sitting in my closet. Right. I've got I've got a couple of binders sitting downstairs of leftovers of what my like what from my father's collections of what my mother fucking picked through and fucking sold for money that she shouldn't have. <laughs> but yeah, that's a story for another day. Yeah. But yeah. Drew all finishes. Jericho seems stoned. Oh <laughs> look. So so do we notice that the week after, and I'm not saying because it's also the week after I said it, but because obviously like whatever, but the week fucking after three weeks of Jim Cornette saying, why the fuck isn't Jay Lethal on Dynamite? Jay Lethal shows up on Dynamite. And he was on Rampage. Yeah. Doing a meaningless did you see the segment from Rampage? No, I didn't watch Rampage. So, for, listen to this clusterfuck of commentary teams. Excalibur was your main play-by-play guy. Oh, it gets better. Uh, he had Taz, Chris Jericho, and I want you to take a guess who the fourth member was. Fucking Daniel Garcia. Uh, Ricky Starks. And halfway through the show, for whatever fucking reason, Jay Lethal came out and decided to start shit-talking Ricky Starks in the FTW title and then challenged Ricky Starks for an FTW title match. But I thought Jay was a heel. Because he did heel shit on Wednesday. Bro. And so now Jay is going to challenge for an unsanctioned belt that's Literally been defended twice in six months. Yeah. One of those being a week ago on Battle of the Belts. Yep. <laughs> Any other questions? Right. Oi. Oh. I have two more notes about dynamite. Um, 
Yeah, two more notes. I don't know how many you got, JJ, but I have two. Oh, I've got a bunch. <laughs> Continue, sir. Let's see. Let's see. So after the whole shit with fucking the, the lethal run, it was we were an hour into the show, and we've only had two matches that have been less than fifteen minutes each. Whereas if this was Raw, the fans would be complaining about there's not enough wrestling. Right. Uh the whole thing with fucking the whole thing with MJF and Punk is literally the labors of Jericho being done all over again. Basically. And that just fucking happened. Like, it's not like hearkening back to, oh, this was, you know, the Booker T versus fucking Chris Benoit best of seven fucking series from WCW Nitro fucking 20 years ago. This is shit that happened less than 12 months ago. In your same company. I know yeah. you think fans are dumb, but Jesus, do not insult their intelligence that much. Too late. And then, so, we're obviously going to see fucking the mixed tag match between fucking the super fucks versus the fucking alien and fucking pockets. And we obviously know that Statlander is going to get the pin on Brett so on Brit so she can get a fucking title shot because that's the only way they know how to fucking push anyone. The super fucks. I like that one. <laughs> then we get to Adam Page. Oh, I was hoping we get to this. And it was, it sucks that we recorded this late because fucking Cornette got, got to it, got to it before me. Here comes Adam Page in a Smokey the Bear t-shirt <laughs> and, and, and a buckskin fucking vest that's supposed to look like Andre's. But so we got Adam Page in the ring being mediocre as fuck and saying that he needs a new challenger because welcome to AEW where once January hits everyone zero and zero again. And so nobody getting any title shots makes any fucking sense because no one has earned anything. Yeah. And so then Diet Cornette comes out. And here's something that's so fucking telling. And I said it last week, but I mean, it's pretty much known that Jim Cornette lives in their fucking heads rent free. The promo that Dan Lambert cut about Adam Page not being a real cowboy was literally taken from a letter from an email that was written in that was read on Cornette's drive through the weekend of New Year's, where it was a guy talking about how he got pissed when he found out Adam Page isn't a real cowboy, how he's a fucking school teacher. Literally yanked from there. Yeah. And so then fucking and then so and then Paige like Paige can't keep up with, with trying to fucking cut his own promo. And then he's like, "Oh, having a hundred head of cow isn't cowboy shit." And then he goes turning down a six-figure salary to start a company with my friends isn't cowboy shit. I'm like, "WWE never called you." 
and never offered you six fucking figures. Ever. Ever. Quit lying. Nobody's buying it. Nobody mm-hmm. ever contacted Adam Page. No one ever fucking contacted Kenny Omega. Y'all fucking sat there and told Meltzer, oh yeah, they're contacting me weekly and they really want me. Doesn't mean it actually fucking happened. And then, oh, well, here comes Lance Archer who got injured because of Dan Lambert and then I'm going to go after Dan Lambert. No, it's a swerve. I'm going to attack Adam Page. Because fuck it. Just flip another babyface heel for no reason. Yeah. Just to be, because Adam Page is a babyface champion. Yeah. And so Lance Archer wants shots out because fuck it. Why not? Everyone's zero and zero. So let's give everyone a title shot. What does it matter? I mean, you could say, okay, Lance Archer is a former New Japan United States champion and yada, 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 and lineage and blah, blah, blah. But he just came back from an injury. Mm-hmm. The last we saw of him was when he dropped a fucking he dropped that New Japan title. Uh-huh. And what's really sad is Lance Archer has been pigeonholed so much that I fucking guarantee you that whatever fucking championship match he has with Page is going to end up being some garbage no DQ false count anywhere hardcore bullshit. Yeah. Any other questions? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Can I bring up the next thing? Because I'm pretty sure it was next. I think it was the next thing on the show. I could be wrong. Yes. Go ahead. I want what happened on last week's episode of Dynamite to be a clear-cut example for AEW going forward of why you don't cock-tease something too many times before you actually give it to them. You don't cock-tease somebody appearing on your show too many times because when they do show up, you barely hear a fucking pin drop when they actually arrive. Oh, I'll get to that in a moment because there was something that happened right before that. Go ahead. So, Cheetah versus Serena Deeb, part 87. Oh, I did forget about that one being before. Yeah, so on the same show where we saw Punk take eight power bombs and the ref not stop the match... Mm-hmm. We see the ref stop the match for Sheeta getting punched a bunch of times. Well, it was about the knee. It wasn't about getting punched, really. But still. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. It was weak. I know. But yeah. And then, yeah, so then we get to fucking, yeah, we get to fucking Matt Hardy and fucking Penta. Which two minutes of delete Sarah Mierdo is not necessary. Correct. Showing Rebby at fucking ringside with their fucking demon spawn was not necessary. Not just show them, but show them four times. Yeah. In 30 seconds, I think. Yeah. Like we get it. You reproduced. We're not happy about it. Congratulations. God damn, God knows how much they had to pay Rebby for that because you know she ain't doing that shit for free. Fucking whore. I've had issues with Rebby for years. I'm well aware. 
<laughs> well aware. Do it again. Did I ever tell you that story? I, I think you did. I CTWE show. Yep. Camp battle. Yep. 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 yep Do yep, it yep, again. Yep. Yep. Bitch ain't selling. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so, yep. And so, of course, there's the afterbirth after the match with fucking with with, with fucking the, the varsity blondes. And then the lights come out. The lights come back on, and Bernie King is the newest member of the House of Black. Which it was, it was funny. I was listening back to last week's podcast, and it was you cut me off right as I was saying, "Now watch, he's going to show up next week." Oh, <laughs> because they teased for so fucking long. But here's the fucking thing, and here's the problem. Before he showed up, they piped in crowd noise of Brody King chants. Because it was so faint and it was so monotone of Brody King, Brody King, Brody King. That you knew it was fucking cut. That, that was there to cue the fucking audience. And then lights go out, lights come back on. Here's Brody King. Now, I've always said that I like Brody. I preferred that he would have stayed with New Japan and with ROH and Violence Unlimited, but a paycheck's a paycheck, and I will never fault him for that. Uh, the internet has not been kind to Brody King. Uh, and it, uh, you know, Brody, Brody looks different. He looks different, but he looks the same. Here's the issue. Uh, and unfortunately, Cornette beat me to the punch on this. Brody looks like a lot of indie guys who just wear black trunks and are covered more than more than 65% of their body with fucking tattoos. That's the thing now. Uh, who was it that said, I think it was my friend Jesse messaged me. He was like, there should be a moratorium. No wrestler is allowed to get a tattoo for the next 20 years. <laughs> But I mean, it's, you know, it's, and like people, because people, people who hadn't, who don't know who Brody King was, because here's the thing was they're still trying to cater to the niche audience. If you have casual fans watching and this dude appears, having Excalibur go, well, that's Brody King and he tags with Malachi Black at PWG and he bloody came from Ring of Honor and blah, blah, blah. No one cares. They want mystery. You've got Al, you've got fucking Malachi Black who you're trying to push as your fucking Undertaker. You have a guy come out that's supposed to be his minion. You should be like, who is this? Oh my god, who is this? And then after when it comes back, you could have Excalibur be like, I've seen this man before, or some shit like that. Just don't fucking give it to them the moment he comes out. And the crowd didn't care because it was piped in chance, and because it. Even though you do a niche audience, like not everyone was watching Ring of Honor. Not all of them watch fucking Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Yep. So they don't know. You know, it's it's the argument that I had when I first got in the business, where I said 
in X amount of years, the internet fans are going to be the majority. And I was proven wrong time and time again. Whereas here we are 18 years later and the casual fan is still where your dollar is. The niche internet fan is not the majority. Not everybody knows the history or what, blah, blah, blah. And that's why it's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Y'all motherfuckers just don't know. Wait do you see Brody have a match. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you know something? I think Brody's a great worker. Um, I don't think it's going to change the opinion of people who are like, look, Malachi Black found KFC. That was one of the quotes I saw a lot. Wow. Like I said, they were not kind to Brody. But I mean, that's what you're going to say. And like, bro, like in all honesty, like Brody shouldn't be dressed the exact same as Malachi Black. Like he should be wearing like long pants or something just to not look exactly like Malachi Black. Right. Like he needs to look different to stand out. You know, I mean, you didn't see everyone in the Ministry of Darkness dressed like The Undertaker. They all had their own look, and that's what's missing. Um, I mean, like I said, I I I I hope Brody gets I hope Brody got, is getting paid well. I know that indie guys are making way more anywhere else in any in, in AEW when they get signed to a contract. Um, so good for him to make some money. Uh <laughs> but unfortunately, now You've taken Malachi Black, who you introduced a year ago, who should be in their main event picture. And now he's going to get relegated to a tag team feud against the Varsity Blondes because fucking Ray Phoenix is hurt unless you fucking put Penta with Pac and have him feud there. But still, you're having them feud in lower card fucking tag matches when this dude should be getting a singles push. But no, because you already did the whole shiny new toy. Now you're not so great anymore. And this week, Brody King was the shiny new toy. That's going to be like the new segment is AEW shiny new toy of the week. Which speaking of, speaking of, unfortunately, their last shiny new toy already got broken. Uh, the rampage, not this past Friday, but the one before it, uh, Jake Atlas and not Shawn Michaels decided to try and reenact the fucking Shelton Benjamin, Shawn Michaels spot. And Jake Atlas done fucked up his leg and is on the sidelines for God knows how long now. Yeah. I heard about that. Hell of an investment, Tony Khan. So fucking great that you just signed this dude on to at least a year long guaranteed money contract. And he's on the fucking sidelines. Hope it was worth it. Yeah. Jake Alice is like, gee, I know there's money's here, but maybe I should have stayed retired. But yeah. So yeah. We uh, we 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 the house of black. <laughs> and so then we got fucking Bear Country versus the Acclaimed. Bear Country got the jobber entrance. Gee, I wonder who's winning this match. Yep. 
And I actually had someone debate me going, oh, because WWF never did that. I'm like, there are two times that someone got the jobber entrance on WWF main TV where they actually got a push afterwards. Barry Horowitz on the one, two, three kid. Out of all the times of jobber matches, there are two people in 40 fucking years. And that was when I pointed out how the arena was empty and someone said, I hate your constant negativity, but you're right on this one. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> another match, another afterbirth. Blind Pac, a.k.a. What do you call it? Blind Pac trying to do the fucking Jake, the blind Jake the Snake gimmick? Basically. Titus. Hey. <laughs> Something with Andrade, Dana Garcia. Oh, yeah, fucking Crockett was there again. And I'm like, why the fuck is he a girl? And that's when they're, we're honoring this dude. And yeah, that's when I fucking sent you the screenshot. You're like, what's this wee bullshit, motherfucker? That's right. <clears throat> that's right. Because they had to do another interim TNT title fucking thing. And it was, yeah, between Sammy and Daniel Garcia. Right. Fucking Sammy needs to buy tights that are his size and not fucking not pick them up from the fucking JC Penny Jr.'s catalog. That's <laughs> how Ty likes to look at his ass. <laughs> Yay. Don't give a fuck. I love I I I uh I, I love Eddie Kingston and I commend him for doing the whole I'm quitting smoking because I really want to get him right at the AEW world title. You're never gonna get him right at the AEW world title, dude. Mm. Like, I'm sorry. It's just, it's the, the, they might give them a TNT fucking title run, but they're not going to put the company on the back of Eddie Kingston. Like, I love him to death, but I do not see it happening. Near do I. Uh, and then fucking, they fucking said, so they showed a graphic saying that Cody was going to be back on fucking Dynamite this week. But then they said on commentary, we don't know when Cody's coming back. It's like, you just showed a graphic saying he's going to be there. We don't pay attention at all. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that fucking have have fucking someone do a scorpion deathlock in a match five minutes after Sting was just out there. Then Sammy does the fucking crossroads, really fucking sloppy. Whole fucking match was fucking sloppy. He did it the wrong way. That's why it was sloppy. Yeah. And then Jericho with the bat again, and I'm like, the bat is Sting's gimmick. We established this last week. Mm-hmm. I had to yell at a friend of mine because he kept ragging on Eddie Edwards. And I was like, dude, no. Uh, not on Eddie Edwards, on Eddie Kingston. And I was like, dude, no. Stop. Because he was like, Eddie's the bum at the package store who will let you punch him in the stomach for two nips of Newport and a fucking dollar. I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> I'm like, Eddie would legit fuck up that entire locker room in a shoot fight. <laughs> True. Uh, let's see here. 
Someone else pointed out they're like everyone talks about how Goldberg is unsafe, but seems to forget how Sting ended Rick Rude's career. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, because we're gonna keep pushing fucking Sting and Darby and shit. Because apparently they're gonna get a fucking they're gonna get a run at the tag title sometime this year. Because fuck it. And just they can't figure thing. out how to they can't figure out how to properly say goodbye to Sting. That's why. Right. Exactly. And then, you know, tonight on Dynamite, Mox comes back. Yeah. Reasons. Like, they could have left that as a surprise. Nope. They got to announce it ahead of time to try to get viewers. Can I? I'm going to give a very unpopular opinion. At least I think it's going to be unpopular. I think it's not a good idea for him. I agree. And I'm not just talking about tonight. Because he's also got a... GCW. He's got this coming up on the weekend. Not only is he appearing at GCW, not only is he defending the GCW world title, he's defending against Homicide. I... I don't know, man. I just... There's something about this that just... It scratches me the wrong way. I don't think he's happy there. Something in general just scratches me the wrong way. About Mox coming back this quick. Yeah. Now, everybody heals in different ways. But... And I hate to say this because my gut, my my gut is usually pretty right. It's also pretty big, but it's usually pretty right. <laughs> this just feels too soon. Yeah, I agree. I I don't know. I'm gonna be a doubter, but it was just I don't know. Like I was kind of thinking that when they announced the GCW match last at the end of last week. Uh-huh. And then when they announced on Twitter, was it Monday or was it Sunday? Well, Sunday or Monday, AEW yeah. announced yeah. that Mox was going to be on Dynamite this week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that, yeah, now I really don't like it. Yeah. Anything else, though? Uh, seriously, with the whole fucking pu- the publicity stunt with Cody, can we give it a fucking rest? Publicity stunt. Cody's working without a contract. Cody's technically a free agent. Suck time, dick. Out. Time, out, time out. Time out. Time out. When the fuck did this happen? This has been like the news the past few days, dude. Oh, stop. It, stop. Word's come out that, word has come out that Cody hasn't signed a new fucking talent contract oh, since the beginning of the year. He's Please. still an EVP. Yeah. But he doesn't have a, he hasn't re signed his talent contract. Probably he doesn't you know, need he's a talent contract. God damn it. Come on. Right. But considering he's probably been home with COVID and hasn't been there to sign the paperwork. But because they basically left it as a fucking, they, they left it as a publicity stunt because of the whole talk about WWE having a big forbidden door surprise for the fucking Rumble. She and so Cody know. tried to make it about him. And then Meltzer came out and what? It's not Cody and it's not Mox. Because everyone knows Meltzer's right about everything. 
But we never thought it was going to be Cody. We might have thought it was going to be Mox. I need to move on before we get angry. Before we get angry. <laughs> Let me get angry about WWE instead of AEW. How about that? Um, I There's a lot of directions to go here. Um, all right. Let me... Let me start outside the ring for a second with WWE. Okay. Two things. Number one. If Corey Graves is considered a surprise entrant for the Rumble match, I'm going to break my TV in two weeks. Trash human being. I'm going to break my TV if that happens. That's number one. Number two. I know it's to promote the fucking movie that's coming out at the beginning of February. But you don't need to put celebrities in the fucking Rumble match. They can be part of the pay-per-view. It's fine. Yeah. It happens all the time. But we don't need Johnny fucking Knoxville in the Rumble match. Meh. Don't Doesn't bother it. me that much. Don't need it. Don't want it. Go fuck off. All it does is fuck up whoever's doing a rumble pool. It's it's not only that. <laughs> like you gotta never mind. Just <laughs> I can't. I can't. This is the thing that really got under my skin though from outside the ring. First part A of this, did you even know the Bella Twins had a podcast? Uh, I think so. Okay. Well, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know how it even came up, but... Oh, I know why it came up. The podcast was recorded after the reveal of them being in the Rumble match coming up, the women's Rumble match. Bullshit Nikki Bella said about if she wins. Yes! Ugh. Now, the two two things there, two things there, because she said two, she said she said two different things. Number one, nobody gives a fuck about the Bellas enough to want to see them as women's tag champions. Right. Let's just put that out there. Number one. Number two, to even insinuate that you would win the Rumble and then turn around and cash in for a women's tag title match instead of a Raw or SmackDown women's title match is insulting as fuck. And number three, Nikki Bella saying she has unfinished business with Charlotte because Charlotte won her first ever Divas slash Women's Championship of her career against Nikki Bella is like me saying I have unfinished business with the St. Teresa of Avila 8th grade CYO basketball team that I played 25 years ago. <laughs> All right? Get over it. It's done. <laughs> Fuck off. We don't want to see that again. Like, seriously, what has Nikki possibly learned from her Dancing with the Stars fiancé that would make her think she could even last 
half as much time as she lasted the first time around with Charlotte in the ring, cardio-wise. That's number mm-hmm. one. Number two, what could she have possibly learned that would even impress us in the ring to begin with where she would hang with Charlotte in a WrestleMania spot? Like right. there's there's so many questions to point out the stupidity of that statement. Uh-huh. I can't even I can't even name them all right now for the sake of time. Right. <clears throat> yeah, like <clears throat> and like the thing is it's cuz they're trying to throw a bunch of assumptions out there of who's going to face Charlotte cuz they're they're teasing that they did the tease with Lita which I don't think is wise to do because L- Lita's got a fucking glass neck. Like, I was going to say, Lita just being in the Rumble is stupid. Right. Like, it was nice that first time she showed up, but she can't take a fucking bump. No. Like, that shit's dangerous. Yep. Like, and I get you want nostalgia pop, but no, don't do it. And But I, I it's because they want to throw all these possibilities out there for fucking who could be facing Charlotte, because the problem is everyone's it's 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 a it's a matter of misdirection um because everyone's already like laser focused on thinking that they're going to do roman and brock in a unification match at mania no i don't believe that that's going to happen however as we've known things have changed obviously with brock winning the fucking raw title out of nowhere on fucking new year's day here's my thought on the matter We need to see what happens in the women's rumble match, which will obviously happen earlier in the night on the, on the event. Yes. If Charlotte wins the rumble, then the fix is in and they're unifying the singles titles on both fucking brands. If she doesn't, we're safe because there's no way they're going to have two men's singles champions or have only one men's single champion and it still have two women singles champions. Right. Of course. That makes, yeah. So the other thing to, to consider, other thing to consider as well. Now, I'm not entirely sure this is, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm going to toss the idea out there. Mm-hmm. What if, the raid is set up Brock and Roman is to have Seth beat Roman and bring the belt to Raw and have Brock go to SmackDown. It's a possibility. I don't know. See, the thing is, it's the, it's the beauty and the curse of Rumble season. Mm. Is Too many what-ifs. They Yeah, and they keep teasing the what-ifs. Like mm-hmm. they did like last week, they did the whole, well, what if Seth beats Roman and then Big E wins the Rumble and then we get Seth versus Big E for the title at Mania, which would be Big E's feel-good moment that he should have gotten, you know, but on the bigger stage. Or then and he teased week. it on Monday night when he was doing the KO show and he actually flat out said, I'm going to fucking win the belt and bring it back here and turn it red. Exactly. And 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 then they had KO say, "Well, I'll win the Rumble, and then you and me will have the best match." And then they could obviously rehash the best friends turned on each other angle at Mania that they keep throwing Kevin Owens into. Right. You know yeah, that, could, and, and 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 the internet fans will slop that up, thinking this is the consolation prize because Kevin Owens and Jericho was supposed to be for the title that year, but they made Owens drop it to Goldberg. So it wasn't for the title. So now they're doing right on Kevin Owens. Shut the fuck up. 
No. You know what's what's crazy, by the way, about this? Sure. Is it me or is the women's rumble more wide open than the men's rumble this year? Very much. Because not even factoring in any Hall of Famers or legends that are coming back, which I don't think any of them are possibilities to win, except I don't know how much they want to invest into this, but maybe Mickey James, but that's a big fucking stretch, I think. Yeah. But let's just assume not no on Mickey James. Mm-hmm. The extenuating factors you could have. Bianca. Yeah. Rhea. Mm-hmm. Um, Asuka coming back out of nowhere. Correct. Only because it's been teased to fuck by her on social media. Bailey coming back and winning. Yeah. Um, as much as I don't want to see this, but she's getting pushed to the moon recently. Liv Morgan. <sighs> I agree. I agree. But the way they've been booking her the last couple months, it's it's a possibility. Okay. Um, even though we haven't seen her really recently, just because she's a talent and could match up well with Charlotte, Shayna Baszler. Mm. Um, trying to think who else from SmackDown. I don't think they would ever pull the trigger on shots, at least not yet. Not yet. Um, who the fuck else is on SmackDown? No one of merit. That's why I'm thinking so hard. Oh, Alexa Bliss. Oh, yeah. She's on Alexa. Rob, yeah. So that's seven right there. You think about the men's side? Realistically? Biggie. Mm-hmm. Maybe AJ, but I don't think so. Yeah. Drew declared, didn't he? Drew's hurt. Oh, right. Drew's hurt. So, no. So, two. Wow. I'm going to say a name. I'm not saying it's a legitimate option. But I watched him intently. Why? I don't know. But I watched him very intently on Raw this week. And I went, oh, Jesus Christ, Vince might be crazy enough to fucking do this. And I know you don't want to hear it. And I know 99% of wrestling fans don't want to see it. You want to take a guess? Austin Theory? No, but that would be a welcome surprise. It would be, but it'd be too quick for the kid. Agreed. No. Experience-wise, you're on the right track, but it's a much, a much worse talent. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Giant Gonzalez wannabe. Oh, fuck no. God, no. Listen, listen. I don't want it. You don't want it. Nobody wants it. But we know Vince's fetish for big dudes. And I'm seeing a little writing on the wall the way they've been booking him since dropping AJ from his side. I'm 
I don't think it's going to happen, no. but I'm just saying don't be 100% surprised if at least he's not some if, if he's not at least somehow in the final four of the match. I don't even think he's going to get that far. I think he's going to be the stereotypical giant in the fucking rumble that who takes gets 10 people to eliminate. It takes 10 people to limit. They're trying the entire time. And then someone gets a freak fucking spot and knocks him out. And that'll set up his feud for the mania block. Oh my God. You know who I just thought of for that spot? Oh God. No. Oh God. No. No, Dominic please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> terrible upon terrible. Oh, it's like we read each other's minds. Oh my God. Oh, please don't let that be the snow. Oh God, no. Oh, please no. Lord. You're gonna die. <sighs> I tell you, that was the only entertaining thing about the entire Omos bit this past week on Raw. Was the what, backstage him, him bit. Reggie? No, there's a backstage bit with Dana talking to Reggie, and then it pans up to Truth. Tozawa, fucking Tamina. Oh, and Truth's like, Dana told he's gonna get got. <laughs> like, she must hate him. She just told him gonna get got. I was like, okay, that was funny. Oh, that was that was good. That was good. Um. By the way, I feel like they're giving in dribs and drabs what I kind of want to see, but I don't know if anybody else really wants to see it. What's that? I feel like they're they're dangling the idea of Ray and Dom somehow facing off at Mania. Because they did the whole, you know, don't trust anyone in the Rumble thing with the Mysterios tossing the profits over the top rope after their tag team went. And then Ray tossed Dom. I like, again, like, I'm obviously reading too much into it, but I'm just saying they can. Can you dangle that carrot in front of me? I just want to. I just want to see a father and a son kill each other. Mutual, mutual homicide. I don't want to see either of them. I want to see mutual familial homicide. Ugh. Um. All right. Um. Fucking. So let me run through what I see here for in the ring. Uh two weeks in a row, including this week of. I guess hurt business reunion really isn't gonna fucking happen, huh? Yeah. Or they're just over or they're just overselling the hatred so much that maybe something happens at Rumble where Lashley's like, all right, fuck it. And that's yeah. how Lashley win keeps his title. I mean Lashley wins the title. Right. You know what I meant. Yeah. Like that's that's what they think of either they're doing they're overdoing it so much. That's like, oh, we should have seen it coming when it when it does happen, or they're just overdoing it for the sake of overdoing it because right. they have nothing else to do with fucking Cedric and right. um, Shelton. Yeah. Um, Alpha Academy and new tag champs, uh, and now they're gonna do a fucking what is it like a mental Olympics? Like thing? Billy Madison, yeah, like, like a like a debate and trivia fuck, and all that shit. Oh fuck yeah. off! Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nikki's gonna go from a superhero to a supervillain, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, uh, she's doing. She's going the entire fucking Hurricane Helms route. Alexa Bliss therapy vignettes. They are what they are. Like I have nothing interesting to say about them. I mean, they're a means to an end. It's a good thing that they're keeping crazy Alexa as a character. I'm good with that. 
I'm gonna fucking vape for it before I'm broke. Son of a bitch. Uh, are you happy with the misdirection of Dewdrop getting the title shot against Becky, by the way? It's something different. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're gonna pull the trigger on Piper that quick. I mean, I don't see well, they're not her putting being the belt the one... on her. No. Yeah, I don't see her being the one to dethrone Becky. Um, no. I, I'm also not big on heel versus heel because of misdirection, but I feel right. like it's the only thing that they could have done because they fucked up the ending to fucking uh, uh, Becky and Liv. Right. Uh, at the at the fucking at day one with Becky mm-hmm. going over clean, where you couldn't very well fucking have Liv go in again when she's already done the fucking job clean, and you want to hold off Becky and Bianca for Mania, because that'll be the feel good fucking story for Bianca to fucking get her revenge for the sixteen seconds bullshit on the you know on a big stage. Why do I feel like there's nothing interesting going on on SmackDown? Because there isn't. Because they fucking put they put too many fucking eggs in fucking one basket. So now that's why they had to bring over Seth to face Roman. And that's not working out. Um, I mean, it'll, you know, people will watch, but they have to really they have to dig back on the whole we were brothers in the shield and I always beat you. Bullshit that like we've already heard. (laughs) I mean the only the only positive thing of that was they were actually showing fucking mocks in the fucking vignettes. We put brothers in the shield. So, yeah, that's SmackDown in a nutshell in two minutes. Um, NXT. I have, good and, I have good and bad here. Um, clearly, the Zion Quinn push is over, I guess. For now. I think they're just letting him cool for a week. Here's the problem is we went through the first quarter of the 2.0 rebrand. And here's the problem. Here's the, here's the problem with the way they're doing to with the way they're doing NXT now, because they're trying to push the, the new fucking PC talents. And what they're doing is they're literally doing it in quarterly blocks. So because the first episode of 2.0, we saw the introduction of, you know, and even the vignettes for Tony D'Angelo, Solo Sokoa, Zion Quinn, Andre Chase, fucking all of them. Now that quarter has passed. So now we're on to this next quarter. So did you notice all the fucking new people that they're showing vignettes for last night? And so that's the problem. And the thing is, they figure by the time they get to the third quarter, they can just have all the greenhorns work each other and everyone will be fine. No, it's not going to fucking work because none of them have enough fucking experience. And I'll give and you a perfect example. This Dante Chen dude. He got like, hurt in his first fucking match. He I, was supposed to be part of that first block. Is that he's also the same dude. If I remember correctly from this week that got attacked by Duke Hudson, correct? Yep. Yeah. Um, Dante Chen just doesn't have. He doesn't have anything that reaches through the camera. The only reason Najee Chen is there is because he's from Singapore, and Vince has never had someone from Singapore. I I understand that, but I'm just saying that. Um, Saray still doesn't do it for me. It's Saray that just, like, she had a good thing going, and then they're like, fuck it, loser in the shuffle. Right, they they shit on her by having uh, Dante. Dakota Kai. 
Dakota Kai, thank you. Um, they had Dakota Kai beat her undefeated to her undefeated record for no fucking reason, basically. Yep. In the middle of nowhere. And then she was like not heard from for the rest of the year. Basically. Well, honestly, where the fuck are we gonna put her in the card anyways? With all the well, shit they had going on. Right. No matter how good or bad the storylines were, they still had shit going on. And there's nowhere to put it. The problem was with the fucking rebrand and all that shit, they already had set in their ways who they were going to fucking push and what stories they were going to tell. And that that was the fucking problem. And so and so now we're like I said, we're on to the second thing. And now we're gonna try to push fucking we're trying to push not Leon Ruff and not Kenny Bangle like anyone cares. Oh, right. Um (laughs) I had a thick for a second. I'm like who the fuck are you talking about? Oh, you're talking about um, Malik Blade and uh, Idris and Nofe. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, to help out for the visual folks, um, this is your dusty classic graphic. I apologize for it being blurry. That is and not fucking updated, sad. Not updated. But um, what happened this week? We saw Blade and Nofe upset Legato Del Fantasma to reach this semifinals on one half of the bracket. The other side, we saw Briggs and Jensen lose to the Creed brothers. Which was fucking terrible. It was a terrible Hoss match. They, the tried, to do a, they tried to do a Hoss match, but it came off horrible because the Creed brothers can't do Hoss. Right. The Creed brothers need to learn how to slow the fuck down and how to pull their fucking punches. See! Briggs, Briggs was laying in some receipts during that match. See! Here's my fucking issue is last night's episode of NXT up until the Dakota Kai match. Every match was the greenhorns going over the vets. Yep. Every match. And that's not how you push someone. And I honestly thought the Dakota Kai match was going to reveal a random chick somehow coming to be with Dakota Kai for the classic. And it did nothing at all. Right. Because they don't even have the brackets for the women's classic yet because they don't have enough women's tag teams. Gee, I fucking wonder why. Maybe because you fired half your fucking women in the first place. And the ones you end up. Let's let's think about this. Let's think about this. You have. Assuming you throw the champions in toxic attraction. Well, no, because the winners get a shot at the tag belts. We have to for this for this scenario we're gonna throw them in because <laughs> tag teams, toxic attraction, mm-hmm. Casey and Caden, mm-hmm. uh, Hartwell and Parada. Mm-hmm. You have them two Spanish assume, bitches. That's right. That were involved in the Dakota Kai thing that I was just mentioning. Um, it if she's back in time, I would. Even though uh, I don't know if they put them back together, but I'll just throw it out there for the fuck of it. Eo Shirai and Zoe Stark. Yeah. Um. It looks like they're teasing Cora G trying to get Raquel Gonzalez as a tag partner. Yeah, because that's gonna work. Listen, they they teased it last night. I'm just saying. I know. So that's six. That's only six fucking teams. And that's including, including the, the tag champs. Yeah. Oh my god. They'll throw together some fucking they'll throw together some willy-nilly team with fucking <sighs> Wendy Chu and someone, which okay, I gotta talk about Wendy Chu. You had Karen Q stop doing the May Yi gimmick, May Ying gimmick to do I am asleep. 
which literally <laughs> what go ahead I can already tell you don't like it but can I just say that as much as I hated like let me get let me, I feel like the execution of that gimmick backstage was god awful yeah, but incorporating it into the into wrestling the way they did in that six woman tag, I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, you know what? She's because just laying stole, there in the fucking corner with a pillow, just chilling. They stole that idea from someone. Felicia Rose came up with that idea like three years ago of a female wrestler who's in her PJs who just sleeps and then wrestles and then goes back to sleep. Oh, yep. yep. Oh. <laughs> okay. But I mean that it's it's like, like a real life version of Snorlax from Pokemon. Right. But it's like we thought that like Karen Q was gone when they just got rid of the Mei Ying character. Like I we thought they were I thought she was released along with everyone else. Nope, we're just gonna put her in some footy PJs and here you go. I mean, how's that gonna translate onto the main roster? It's not. And what, are they going to put her with Saray because they're both Asian lols? Like, it's it's just, it's terrible. Like, they're doing everything wrong. And they don't have to be doing things wrong, but they're still choosing to do things wrong because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Because that, I... And like, and I said, I said it last night. I guarantee the only reason, the only fucking reason Tony D'Angelo is on TV is because he did some piss poor Robert De Niro impression the day that fucking Vince Bruce and Johnny Ace were at the PC and it made fucking Johnny Ace laugh. And so that's why he's on TV. Because literally every time he gets in the ring, he's doing a De Niro impression at the you could with the eyebrows and shit. Like, stop it, stop it. Speaking of Tony, I have a I have a bone to pick with Tony. <laughs> Did you notice anything odd about his entrance for his match against Pete Dunne? No, I don't remember watching the entrance to uh, in that. Match. Allow me to break down. A lesson of wrestling psychology 101, ladies and gentlemen. When you are the heel, you're not supposed to work the crowd to cheat you. Yep. That's what he did the entire entrance. And that's the problem that goes back to also not only with him doing it because he's never worked an indie crowd, but also because the fucking PC crowd is still predominantly fucking friends and family. How many times do we have to go over this? I, I know. I know. Just, uh, You know, and like, I have here? right. So, and we're, we're having to rehash LA Knight and Grayson Waller again mm-hmm. because they had AJ work carry Waller and that wasn't enough. And like, so it's like, Grayson's too fucking green, so let's fucking let let's put him in there with a fucking vet instead of like I'm no fan of fucking LA Knight, but at this point he should be on the fucking main roster. Like no one who has been there since the black and gold should be on NXT anymore. If this is the way you're gonna fucking play it, 
No one should fucking be there. Anyone who's been there, and anyone who's been there since Full Sail, fucking Raquel Gonzalez, no. She's been there since Full Sail. Send her the fuck up. Like, Full Sail was a fucking generation ago at this point. Like, it's, it's, there's no fucking reason. Kushida? Kushida, too. Kushida's been there since Full Sail. Like, no reason. Yeah. There, there's no fucking reason. Like, it, it's... <sighs> By the way, uh, color me suspicious. We haven't heard anything from Ciampa since he dropped the belt. I oh, bet he's anything, going back. He's, in, he's in the rumble. Ah, he doesn't want to do the fucking tour. I didn't say he was going to do the tour. I'm just saying he's going to be in the rumble. I mean, him and him and fucking him and fucking Dijak had a fucking banger of a match on main event last week. <laughs> New England royalty showing it off and having a fucking shit eating grins on their faces the whole time. Fucking bet your ass they did. Um, I can see not- Dunn being in the rumble. Call me an asshole for a half second. I had the reaction of you better not be talking about who I think you're talking about. Then I remember, oh, Pete Dunn. My bad. My bad. Um <laughs> I had a I had to think for half a second. I'm like, what? And then I remembered, oh, Pete Dunn. Okay. Now I remember. Fucking Cameron Grimes. No reason Cameron Grimes should be chasing the fucking mid card title. He should be on the main roster at this point. True. True. Um by the way, person that still doesn't understand this whole Gacy Harlan thing. I dig it. I mean, I dig it. I just don't understand it. I don't. I, I still don't know what the fuck it is. It's very. It's. It's one of the only things that they're doing right. Um, the whole thing with Gacy right, is Joe has a lot into it. Joe Joe gets a lot into it though. There is a very Charles Manson esque thing going on. That's because yeah. that's. That's the thing was, and that's the thing that people kind of aren't picking up on. People are thinking that Gacy's doing the whole social justice safe space thing. But if you notice his entrance, it sounds like a Doors song and there's flower power shit on the walls. It's fucking, it's Charles Manson convincing his followers that he is the way and that he's not telling anyone to be violent. So that way no one's expecting it until bang, everything goes berserk. Because mm-hmm. no one t- turned a, no, no one turned an eye to Manson until the Sharon Tate shit. He just went on his way with his fucking hippie commune. And then boom. And so that's what they're doing with that, which I dig. And like, honestly, like... Bill Harlan to attack Odyssey Jones on, a, on crutches in a knee brace, but what do we come to later on is Harlan laying out Odyssey Jones. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. I really thought about it. Exactly. It's, and that, that'll be good because it'll fucking, you got to give Harlan someone his size because he's just going to run through that whole fucking roster otherwise. It's like Wardlow on fucking Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Two more things on XT I want to get to before we get to our close, our special closing segment this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one I don't know if you agree this with me on this sentiment I feel like there might be a small glimmer of hope finally coming around for Solo Sokoa I thought so until they did the whole fucking burn thing 
It's a temporary two-week thing. I don't know. That's some heavy makeup. That was some fucking... That was some Jillian Hall mole shit there. Right. But it's not the gonna Boogeyman going to come out and eat it off? It's not going to be a permanent thing, though. <laughs> then we get to the grand finale for NXT that I want to bring up. <sighs> I think you know where I'm going with this. I think we knew well enough Walter was not of this country. Yeah. We knew well enough Walter was not of American ilk. Yeah. I don't think we needed to let us know it enough by changing his fucking name to that of a Nazi general. This has Bruce Pritchard written all over it. No! Because all I can think of right now is Heidenreich. Oh, God. Remember how Heidenreich was supposed to be the unfrozen Nazi super soldier? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Heidenreich. Remember how that was supposed to be a thing? Yes, yes, yes. And this is... If you're going to do this because you want to do a WWE rebrand, you can't fucking do it. After a guy's been with the company for four fucking years, has appeared on American takeovers in American arenas, defending the fucking NXT UK title, fucking is in your fucking video games as Walter. Like, you can't just willy-nilly change it now. It makes no fucking sense. Everybody knows him as fucking Walter. Everybody. People who watch the show, people who don't watch the show. Because guess what? This is a guy, you had him appear as Walter at the fucking Survivor Series three years ago. You had him on TakeOver's. Main event, uh, fucking main, main roster, fucking premium events. You can't fucking like, let alone the whole faux pas of not researching the actual name. Right, that's just fucking dumb. That's just fucking stupid. Especially when uh, you have someone with the last name Stark on your roster already. Have you forgotten? <sighs> Unless you're going to turn her into a fucking like, like uh, uh, what's uh, Ilsa fucking she wolf woman of the SS. <laughs> That's nice. That was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> but fucking there's no fucking point. There is zero fucking point to it. Oh, and what's really hilarious is everyone jumping on the shit of Roderick Strong opened up a pro wrestling tea shop. Roderick Strong just signed a three year extension. He's yeah. not going anywhere. Right. He's selling Roderick Strong merch because he's about to be pulled from fucking TV to be a fucking coach. Exactly. People are dumb. So now we come to the grand finale of the show. And the grand finale is the return of dun dun dun, dun. Behind the black ball. Now, I am almost fucking positive that I have mentioned this guy on here before. And the thing is, I don't remember you doing that, so... Why would it hurt to mention him again? Because more info has come up. Which is why I'm not against it. 
Yeah. Uh, someone sent me screenshots as more fuel, so that's why I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> You must be reading your screenshots. Yes, I am. Okay. Okay, so here's the deal. And I'm almost positive I mentioned this guy on here before in a previous Behind the Black Ball, but apparently it's a follow-up for those of you who may not have listened to in the earlier episode. Uh, this week's, uh, uh, or for those of you who are still listening, like new, who do not know what behind the black ball is behind the black ball is a segment that I've been doing, uh, on podcasts, uh, for about the past, uh, about six years, uh, where things have been brought to my attention about certain people within the wrestling business who are a cancer upon the business and need to be outed for their shitty ways and their shysty ways. And this isn't so much as. They're a shitty worker. Don't book them. It goes way beyond that. It goes to a fact of people who are people, people who are shit human beings, people who should have been called out during the speaking out movement and haven't people who, you know, years prior to speaking out, being a thing needed to be called out. Uh, Shit bag promoters. And that's where we get to the return of talking about the shitbag promoter known as Dan Gore from Battlefront Pro Wrestling Extreme. You see, for like I said, for those who haven't mentioned before, uh, this guy is a piece of shit who was never completely trained as a worker and could never hang as a worker. Oh, he's one uh, of those. Oh, yeah. He, w- he was trained by Kevin Landry back in the early 2000s, worked like two or three shows in the in the New England area and sucked. Um, decided to make a run as a comeback in NEFW. Literally came out for a fucking six-man match and broke his ankle running the ropes a minute into the match. Because he's four feet tall and weighs 300 pounds and not in a good way. That's a problem. Yeah. And he's an alcoholic. And apparently now, as we found out, a drug addict. So this guy went and formed his own company a few years ago. And uh, a certain piece of shit who used to be my business partner. Uh, decided he didn't like the fact that he wasn't getting enough time on my shows, even though he was doing run-ins on every fucking match. Decided he was going to go book for Dan Gore instead and ended up getting fucked in the long run. That's what you get, fucking Joe Camel. But Dan Gore has a history of taking people under his wing and being their brother, 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 and being a huge part of this company, and then fucking them over within six months and telling everybody that they're a piece of shit and never paying them and fucking 
cycling through talents and not paying the talents. And then the talents fucking finally get hip to the fact that they're not getting paid and don't come back. So then he just runs random ass shows with random ass students who don't know any fucking better. And he'll fucking tell people that he's going to pay them a hundred dollars if they gig during their match. And then after the show, tell them, Oh, the house was light, which happened every fucking time. This is a guy that had a fucking no rope barbed wire match between Len oddity and Dirtbag Dan that drew 45 people. Because hardcore wrestling motherfucker. Yeah. How did that turn out being a money feud, Mies? Anyways. So, as it turns out, uh, there and there was, I think the first time I mentioned this was a couple of months ago when Dirtbag Dan had mentioned that he had had a falling out with Battlefront and how they fucked him on pay and how the owner, like, was drunk afterwards and told him he was going to pay him one thing and then pay him another and then basically told him to fuck off. Uh, and said, you work Kevin Landry student shows for free. Why the fuck should I pay you? Even though the reason is because Kevin Landry does free student shows. So his students get exposure in front of people. And there's workers who have experience who don't mind coming around, helping out younger kids. Sometimes it's not always about a payday on the Indies. It's about helping out the younger kids. That's what I was doing at TOS for a while before that all fucking fell apart. So, and it circled back around to Dirtbag Dan because two weeks ago, Dan Gore decided to contact companies that Dirtbag Dan works for and tell them that he has COVID and to not book him because he has COVID and he's not, he's not vaccinated. This coming from a completely staunch COVID is fake and I'm not vaccinated person, by the way. Called up ECPW in Jersey and told them he has COVID. Called up Kevin Landry in Mass and told them he has COVID. Thinking that it's not going to get back to him. So it got back. Dirtbag Dan did a video about it. I'm passing on info that people already know. And now I'm looking at screenshots that someone else has sent me. No one ever believed me. Oh, yeah. And so, and the thing was, so... Over the past few days, his latest cohort who he had getting talent for Battlefront, who he was trying to push to the moon, Jiggy Sosa, came out and said, don't work for Battlefront. He's a piece of shit. He ripped me off for money. He never fucking paid me. He doesn't pay any of the fucking boys. And he just threw me under the fucking bus. And I sat there going, remember years ago when I told everyone this guy's a piece of shit and no one fucking listened? Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? It's like Ray. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's it just repeats. It's like every six months now, there's someone else going, Dan Gore's a piece of shit. I'm like, I fucking told all you people this shit. I told you people this shit years ago when he first started his company that he was gonna fuck you all over, that he wasn't gonna pay you, and none of you wanted to fucking listen to me. And now apparently there is footage that might just get sent to the venue that he uses because he loves to do these Facebook live videos in the middle of the night with dark sunglasses on while he's drunk off his ass. Uh And you can see the reflection in his glasses of someone smoking a crack pipe. 
Isn't it wonderful? Loves to smoke that crack pipe. And, oh, here's screenshots about him having a drug problem. Da, 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 da. By the way, I just happened to scroll From through. his family. Ooh. What? The screenshots that I've been sent are conversations with family members about his drug problem. Oh, God. He is a drunk. He is a drug addict. Uh, yeah, this is also a guy that decided during one of his fucking shows to take his hardcore title, quote unquote, and put it on his untrained 14 year old nephew that is special needs. Good decision. Oh, yeah. Real good decision. No, because it's like the 24 seven title. It doesn't matter who has it. No, not at all. This is also a guy who apparently when he had his titles made, didn't pay the person who had the titles made for him. And then when they would, and then basically like he put his titles on certain people who worked for a company that said, we're no longer associating ourselves with this. So his champions kept the belt and he's like, I'm going to take you to court for holding my belts hostage. And they're like, you never paid for the belts, motherfucker. Dude's just all around a piece of shit. And uh, if you are contacted by anyone representing Battlefront Pro Wrestling Extreme and you are a wrestler, Please avoid it like the plague. And if you are a resident of the wrestling community anywhere in southern New England, Connecticut, Mass, Mid-State, New York, Vermont, New Hampshire, and anyone tells you to go check out Battlefront, I would highly suggest you don't because of the fact that your ticket dollar is probably not going to pay the people on the show, but is probably going to contribute to the bar tab of the promoter. I don't know why, but I decided to pull up the Facebook page of the promotion in question. I'm banned from making comments on it. So they have a show coming up next month, the 20th of February. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the backstory behind the person that you're going to see on the right-hand side of the image I'm about to put on the screen, Mr. Alexander. One match caught my eye as part of their eight-person heavyweight title tournament that's coming up. Because they have to crown a new champion because they just fucked over Jiggy. I'm I know Paolo. I know both of them. I know you know the other one. Nombre de Padre Spiriti Santi Amen. I, uh, Paul is a very nice person. She will unfortunately take a booking anywhere. And that's her cross to bear. Jason. If Jace was ever going to be great, it would have happened long ago. Same thing with, with uh, same thing with his uh, fucking eight foot tall buddy who thinks he's Ric Flair. Speaking of Ric Flair, perfect in the show. Some bitch. January the 19th. Do you know what happened 30 years ago today? 30 years get... ago, January 19th. The, uh, Flair won the fucking Rumble. Yes. In my fucking hometown. Mm -hmm. That's right. Oh, we didn't cover the fucking 
a promoter that I don't care for, but obviously has a bigger brain than Tony Khan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So big time wrestling. They're a promotion that kind of runs up and usually they keep themselves within the Northeast. He usually runs in Mass in Connecticut and then he runs in South Carolina in Spartanburg. Correct. Uh, so he has a show coming up in Spartanburg, I believe next weekend, the 29th, if I remember correctly, sometime in the near future. I do believe it's actually rumble night. Oh shit. I just thought of that. Um, I think I could be wrong. Might be that afternoon. Um, oh, right. I didn't think of that. Let's take a look here. Big time wrestling. Yeah. He also announced something else yesterday. Uh, you want to do this something else quick while I look it up? First time in three years, Hardy Boys reunion tour for Big yes. Time Wrestling. But it's this coming weekend, excuse me. They're doing Salisbury, North Carolina, Friday the 21st. And then the match in question is this Saturday the 22nd in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Um, And by the way, that Hardy Boys tour starts on March the 12th. That show? In Webster, Mass. Yes. Correct. <laughs> Um, and then Sunday, March 13th is in Albany, New York. Anyways, uh, the match in question for this Saturday. The official beginning of the Rock and Roll Express Farewell Tour. Against FTR. Yeah, you know the bit that they set up on Dynamite during the pandemic that they never followed up on? Yep. And they left money on the table, and it's That's really bad that an indie promoter that doesn't have that stellar of a record is picking it up. And by the way, they're going to stream it live on Facebook, too. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> Because I just happen to be on their Facebook page and they've been pushing a link. Uh, let's see when the first one was. Please hold. Uh, they've been pushing this link since Monday about a live stream that they're having. Uh, let's see where this is. Yeah, $9.99 for a I live stream. Look at and they're doing it on Facebook Live, so you can only imagine what the production value is going to be. Right, exactly. But yeah, but it's because it, it's funny because there's a history of the guy who runs big time and the guy who runs Northeast wrestling and then not getting along, along well, mm-hmm. um, as in at all. And uh, so makes you wonder if uh, Mr. Uh, I have one last name on my social media, but I, I have a real other last name uh, promoter is going to hire a hit quote-unquote, on someone at the big-time shows. That's a story for another day, because I keep teasing it, but one of these days, we got to get to my history as to why Northeast Wrestling is bullshit. Because <laughs> that's a long story. Maybe we'll get to it next week. We got to see. We got to see what happens. Right. Because right now, all I've got on the table for next week is a Rumble preview. <laughs> Who knows what could happen between now and next week? 
True. Maybe another wrestler gets a name of a former Nazi general. Who knows? Um, <laughs> that all being said, see, that's how you make a joke about Nazis. Anyways, um, gotcha. I did not see that coming. Gotcha, motherfucker. Um, Rise, motherfucker. Yep. Uh, that'll do it for episode 33 of White Heat, presented by Godzilla Media. Sponsored by our good friends at Mohawk Honda and Scotia Glenville. That's easy for me to say. And John Stone Supply and Troy. Any parting words of wisdom before I uh, send this out? I got nothing. I think I'm tapped out for the day. I got nothing. Those are good words of wisdom. For JJ Alexander, I'm Brian Katie. Enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll catch you with episode 34 to preview the world. And hopefully we'll get to that story about JJ Northeast Wrestling. Which I am juicing to hear right now. Not <laughs> juicing. Never mind. <laughs> Goodbye.